following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Gentlemen of the Outside Blitz, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the Cannonball, Alex Steele, joining me. In studio. In studio, yes, that's right. Large and in charge at Casa de Freytown, we are here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, Boots, unable to join us again this week. we got some personal matters going on. Boots, we love you. We'll see you next week. Uh, But Alex, we've got stuff to discuss, and... uh, a lot, of, a lot of weird stuff going on around the league. I mean, we've got upsets, we've got arrests, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and we have quite possibly one of the biggest spankings in recent NFL history. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I'm kind of blown away by that one. We're, we're going to discuss that shortly. Uh, it, it was a, a crazy week in the NFL as far as um, just interesting stories to say the least uh and we but we do have a lot of injuries as well going on which is never good for the league but hey you know it's good for your favorite team if they want to make it to the playoffs right that right Alex yeah I suppose so (laughs) as long as those injuries are not happening to your favorite team exactly so that's what's going down here and uh Alex we're going to jump right into this thing we got scores going on around the league uh we are I mean getting about knee deep here we're, we're about almost a quarter of the way into the season, and uh, we've got some funny business going on. I'm going to call it funny business. <laughs> so, uh, and and uh, we're going to discuss it uh, with our scores. So, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Here are your scores for Week Three in the NFL. Starting out with the 49ers beating the Giants, 30 to 12. This is to be expected. I I fully expect the 49ers to be one of the most dominant forces in the NFC. Uh, no surprise here. This was a just them walking them like a dog here. I, yeah, <laughs> that's all it was. Absolute shellacking. Um, I mean, if you take a look at the stats, I mean, well, the scoreline is just ridiculous. I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey doing Christian McCaffrey things. Uh, 18 carries for 85 yards. Scores a touchdown. Debo gets six catches for 129 yards and a touchdown. Brock Purdy <laughs> goes 25-37. For 310 yards and two touchdowns. You're, you're like boots in the aggregate, you know pretty, that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Rock! It's, <laughs> he's, he's, his uh, candor is, uh, is grown up, yeah, so Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Brock Purdy, you know, we've, we've criticized Brock Purdy on several occasions for being a game-managing type of quarterback. We've heard that story about him. Yet here we are, Brock Purdy actually has himself a hell of a game. Uh, 25 for 37, 310, two touchdowns. I mean, he looks like a really strong, solid NFL quarterback with those types of numbers. Uh, Alex, do you think Brock Purdy is going to be one of those guys? I mean, at this point, I know we're in year two here. He had himself a very interesting first year. I mean, it wasn't world-beating statistically, okay? Let's be real. Right. But we, we see a situation like this, 25 for 37, 310, two touchdowns. Those are damn good numbers. Is this one of those occasions where you really uh, are starting to consider the fact that Brock Purdy may be a long-term solution for the 49ers, that he may be a long-term quarterback in this league and an elite one at that, that he's, I mean, right now what I'm seeing from him, it looks like he's developing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
Well, there's no question about the fact that he's developing, but if I may embellish another Boots line here... <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's what you have to understand. You're playing the New York football giants. Who are just bad. We just don't... We, they're, they're a team that doesn't know who they are. Yeah. And Daniel Jones, you know, went 22 for 32, 137 yards and a pick. You know, so... I for mean, all that money. For all that money, you know, <laughs> those are the numbers you're getting. So... It's kind of hard to say uh, whether Brock Purdy. I mean, yes, I, I will agree with the fact that he's developing. Yeah, and that's the, and that's a good thing because you know if you do want to be a long term solution for the 49ers, you got to build your skills up. You know, it's kind of like being a welder or kind of like doing a blue collar job. You have to you have to just ply away at your trade. Yeah. So I think the potential is there, but I'm a little hesitant to say he's the future. Right. Eh. Give us some more quality wins. Get yourself an NFC championship. Go back to the Super Bowl and see if you can handle your business. Uh, and, and you know, and please take down the Cowboys, if only to see Dak Prescott choke once again. Yeah, and, and you know, so I'm going to take a small victory lap on this one. Uh, when we were discussing NFL draft stuff when uh, uh, two years ago when Brock Purdy got drafted, uh, or last year rather, when, when Brock Purdy got drafted, uh, I said, Right here on this podcast, look out for that kid. He could be special. Mm-hmm. And here we are, Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, and and is pretty damn relevant. Is so far he's been pretty special. So I mean, yeah. we're we're gonna see. I mean, and I I'll tell you, like I've been on the show and I've been critical of Brock Purdy. I have. I, yeah. I've pointed out when when he has not played well. This is one of those games where Brock Purdy go, made me go, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. So I I oh, and I know it's against the Giants. A lowly Giants team without Saquon Barkley on the field, but you know Brock Purdy still playing good ball. Debo Samuel playing good ball. Debo Samuel leaves this game, by the way, with an injury designation. We'll talk about that soon. But the Gi- the Giants dropping on to the 49ers in this situation. Next up, Lions and the Falcons. You know, Lions beat them 20 to six. I expected this wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, Jared Goff didn't play his best ball, 22 for 33, 243, one touchdown, one pick. I will say this about the Atlanta Falcons. Their pass defense, and I don't know why, because they really don't have anybody that stands out on, on, on the stat sheet and on paper and on the depth chart, but their pass defense is really good, and I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get why their pass defense is good, but it is. Uh, interestingly enough, Jameer Gibbs, 17 carries, 80 yards. Bijan Robinson, only 10 carries for 33 yards in this game. Uh, they struggled to get the run going to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and, and, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they're sort of one-dimensional. Desmond Ritter is not a good quarterback. No, he is not. So, and, and I think I was thinking about this on the ride over from, uh, I was, you know, the two of us went to a wrestling show together. Uh, my buddy here was uh, catering for the event, Scotty Smoker. Absolutely, baby. So um, I was on the ride over, and I was thinking about this in the car. You know, I'm looking at these stats. You know, Jameer Gibbs, 17 carries, 80 yards. B. John Robinson, 10 carries, 33 yards. On the one hand, Detroit did exactly what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to stop the run. Yep. And they did. And they did just that, holding the holding the best runner, you know, and out of the draft class to only 33 yards. And uh, uh, but I also thought to myself, you know what? That doesn't really settle the argument between Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, we, I really just need to see stats all the way through the end of the year. 
Yeah, here's, can, can here's, we see more consistent play from Jameer Gibbs? Do you do we have the ability to swap in and out at will, or are we going to be relying on David Montgomery all the time? Right. You know that that's the question that needs to be answered in this debate. Uh, yeah, this one game, it's like yeah, Jameer Gibbs was the better runner, you know, statistically, but we need to see what what happens the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say that it. It's an easy situation for the Lions. They walk into this game against an Atlanta Atlanta offense that, you know, offensive, offensively they're not throwing the ball effectively at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Desmond Ritter has been very reliant on the whole. I, I guess the he's been hoping Drake London was going to be everything that that he wanted to be. And and well, you got you got to figure also uh, Arthur Smith's kind of holding him back. Yeah, Arthur Smith doesn't know what the hell to do with number one receivers. I mean, and Kyle Pitts, as you can see, it was their leading receiver, five receptions for forty-one yards. I, I guess it's just so much for that breakout performance from Kyle Pitts, right? I, I to me, I thought this was just like it is an easy homework assignment for the Lions. You know, okay, what do we have to do? Oh, stop the run. That's it. Okay, let's just stack the box, and that's basically what you saw in this game. Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't see a whole lot of prevent defense here. You didn't go out and see a lot of zone coverage. You saw a lot of blitzing, a lot of guys up front just whacking that fucking running back all day long. A lot of run coverage, a lot of spies, things of that nature. I mean, that's that's basically what it came down to. The Lions go out, they win this game as expected. I expected the Lions to just kick the crap out of Atlanta, and they did just that. I'm surprised it wasn't by more. Right. You know, 20 to 6 is, is actually pretty low given the circumstances. But at the end of the day, the Lions, they go out, they get their W like we expect them to do. And they did their job, too, yeah, effectively. they did their job. There, there was there was better game management than there was in the Seattle game. Right. We didn't see any, we didn't see Campbell gamble at all. He didn't need to. Yeah. You know, he didn't do make any crazy, you know, fourth down conversion fake punts or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, he played a, they all played a solid game of football. And the thing is, they had the ability to hold the Falcons at bay. Yep. So you know that that allowed them to have that you know just you know traditional football plan. Exactly. The so, Falcons are so one dimensional. Right. You know, and that's that's all it came down to. I mean, it's and I I saw this one a mile away. You know, it was in the Lions front seven is is actually pretty damn good, and and you just look at it and you go, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're taking on the run team. Got it. You know, yeah, like that's I mean, easy. Yeah, yep, that's easy peasy yeah. as it should. Yeah. So. Uh, the Lions pick up the W, twenty to six. And uh, you want to talk about bad game management? Let's oh talk boy. about bad game management. Here we go. Well, the Chargers go out and beat the Vikings, twenty-eight to twenty-four. Uh, first of all, we'll start with the Chargers' bad game management. Uh, Brandon Staley going for it uh, in a situation where he he basically should have punted the ball. Uh, right. I mean, that's that's what it came down to. Uh, maybe Dan Campbell gave him a call. Yeah, right. Uh, Brandon Staley should have punted the ball. Instead, he goes for it. He doesn't get the first down in his own territory. Vikings come driving back. Brandon Staley gets lucky, really gets lucky because of two things. Number one, TJ Hawkinson dropped a very catchable ball in the end zone. Uh, and, and that was thing number one. Thing number two for uh, the Chargers where they got lucky um, was Kirk Cousins and the rest of that offense where they were coming up to the line. Kirk Cousins didn't clock the ball. And, and that's something that's going to stand with me for a minute there because we're all screaming, spike the ball. I'm standing, I'm, I'm sitting in, in front of my TV, spike it. Spike the fucking ball! And we're, we're just screaming at the TV. And my wife is looking at me funny, and Kirk Cousins finally spiked the ball with like four seconds left. It was like, 
what are we doing here? Yeah, what was the, where was the sense of urgency? Yeah. I, I just don't understand that. Like, get to the line, spike the fucking thing, and you've got three downs. Right, exactly. And I think that kind of, like, brings up the mentality of, okay, let's just tank. Tank for Caleb. Right. And and right now, I, that's kind of the boat I'm in, and I hate... I, I Look, I, I get it. There's a lot of fans out there that are... Look, it's... Uh, folks, I'm not... I'm not I, I'm not over here just being, like, thinking that's a realistic thing. It's not. It's not. You're 0-3. It's week three. We're going into week four. You got a game against the Panthers that you should win. Yeah. fuck's sake, I hope you win that. But at the end of the day, the, I would I would I love Caleb Williams? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would love Caleb Williams. But there are other guys out there like, oh, Shadur Sanders, Bo Nix. I mean, these, these guys are fully capable of running that Kevin O'Connell system, so I'm not as panicked. I, would I prefer Caleb Williams over them? Yes, but at the end of the day, the Vikings are now 0-3, and they've been shooting themselves in the foot week over week over week. We've got, you know, four turnovers in this game, and two toner, turnovers in this game, and da-da-da. And, and here's something that bothers me about this game. Why was Desmond Ritter, or not Desmond Ritter, um, Dalton Risner, rather, Dalton Risner not on the field? Yeah, that make that makes absolutely no sense. And to me. and furthermore, why is Alexander Madison still on the field when Cam Akers is ruled out? Yeah, I I don't understand that at all either. Yeah. Cam Akers should have been starting this game. Period. He knows the KOC system. He should have been starting it. Uh, and and I want to also hammer a little bit on Quasi Adafalmenza. <laughs> I, I have to. Go ahead, guys. How many games has Lewis seen played this year? Holy crap, let me take a look. Um, zero. None. Lewis seems a bum. Y'all ran me off of Vikings Twitter, and you guys were all, oh, you need to watch more tapes, Scott. Well, well apparently we're not yeah. going to be able to watch any tape, because apparently he was out for the game last yeah. week. Yeah, always hurt. He's a bum. He's a bum. And Kwesi Adapo Mensa needs to be reassessed for his qualifications on how he drafts and how he assesses players because and guess how what? He trades. And how he trades. Oh my god, how he trades. But uh yeah, right now I'm on the fire Quasi train. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> You've um, been on it for several years now. You know, I was cool with Quasi for a second. You know, and it, when it looked like he was gonna do the right thing. You know, he goes and signs Hawkins into that big deal and that's great. That's what exactly what he needed to do and 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 you know Hawkinson is a special part of this offense. For sure. But right now, I'm over here glancing at that pissed-off look at Justin Jefferson's face. <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm like, mm, okay, like, you better get that boy signed. Yes. Or we're going to have an issue. Like, and, and here we are. Yeah, here we are. You know, take a look at this. Kirk Cousins leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns. Justin Jefferson leads the league in receiving yards. Daniel Hunter is second in sacks. Yep. And yet... The Minnesota Vikings are 0-3. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. But if you look at, at what happened during those games, the fumbles, the lost fumbles, the ball control issues are just horrible. That's been haunting us all year. We have more fumbles. Than, our, I think our turnover differential is negative 9. That is insanity. Yeah, it's it's wild. I, I just don't get it. And, and, you, and don't, you don't win football games by turning the ball over right? nine times in three games. And, and, you know, I just, the Vikings have some work to be done, but they have to make those harsh decisions. And yeah. and if they're not willing to make those harsh decisions, at least Quasey isn't, then Quasey needs to go. 
I don't think this is so much a KOC issue. I think Kevin O'Connell, you know, he has a problem as far as like ball control problems, <laughs> you know, with his team. But I, this isn't a KOC issue. This is a Quasi Adolfo-Mensa issue. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, KOC is a great head coach. You know, he's he was definitely a great offensive coordinator when oh, he was yeah. with uh, the Rams. Oh, you know, yeah. that part of that Rams Super Bowl team. So you know, the man seems to know what he's doing. And he knows how to he knows how to put a team together, and he knows how to get them in the right spots. But you know, but the, the people that you know are are made available to him thanks to the Quasi, you know, leaves a lot to be desired. Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah, there there are some problems on that Vikings team, and there are certain things that that kind of bug the hell out of me. Like, why is Brian Osimo sitting on the bench? Brian Osimo is a great linebacker, and they're just wasting him. I, I don't understand it. He was one of the most special players that that came out of that that class. And just letting him sit on the bench. It doesn't make sense to me. It, it still doesn't. Yeah. You know, so I, here we are. Vikings dropping another one, 28-24. Um, you know, this is this next week is kind of it. Like, yeah. you, you better get back on track or, buddy, blow yeah. it up. Yeah, I mean, it's you're, you're staring down the barrel of an 0-4 start. Bingo. When was the last time the Minnesota Vikings started 0-4 for it's the season? It's been a while. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you're, I take that back. 2020, when Kirk Cousins threw nine interceptions in the first ten games. Oof, yeah, that's bad. Still, or I think it was ten. But Bottom line is, folks, if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you need to have your hand hovering over the panic button. Yeah, yeah. Or the button that'll press uh, the button. Or the, the button that'll activate uh, Queasy Adolfo-Mensa's ejector seat. Yeah. Whichever one's closer. Collapse for Caleb, baby. <laughs> Tank for Caleb. Collapse for Caleb. That's yeah, what that, we need. That, we need that's the, a better one. Yeah, we need the we need the hashtag there. We, we That needs to be the slogan. Hashtag let's, collapse for Caleb. Let's get that trending. Yeah, I'm down for it. Um, next up, Packers go ahead and beat the Saints. They come from behind to win this game. Uh, this is like the second time the Packers have done this this year. Uh but they get it done against the Saints. They put up 18 points in the fourth quarter and, uh, yeah, and, and win this game 18-17. to 17. Yeah, here's the, here's the crazy thing. The Packers don't score a single point for the first three quarters. And the New Orleans Saints only get 17 points in the first two. So it's a scoreless third quarter. It's a scoreless third quarter. And, you and, and you know, you got the game like 17-0. How do you allow a lowly Green Bay Packers team like this to drop 18 on you and sneak out the back door. And I'm going to say lowly. I, I'm going to agree with you. Lowly is the best word. This team is not the same team that had Aaron Rodgers on the field. No, absolutely not. They and, are just not. And the proof in the pudding, spoiler alert, is last Thursday's game when Detroit came into Lambeau Field and um, it took them a minute. It wasn't an immediate thing, but, I mean, they ended up scraping their cleats in the middle of the field and they did. They took a dump on the porch and ran it all over the house. Yep, it was ugly. It was bad. Ugly. It, it was bowling shoe ugly. So, you know, so you're sitting there going, okay, the Saints drop a game to the, you know, to the Green Bay Packers by one point, mm-hmm. and by scoring, but and Green Bay scores 18 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Then they get mud stomped by the Detroit Lions. What's going on here? Yeah, I, I don't think the Panthers or the Packers rather are all that in a bag of chips like everybody thought. I don't think that, that uh, you know, New Orleans has a soft schedule. But, right. you know, Derek Carr has not played Derek Carr football. Right. I and mean, 13 for 18, 103 yards and a touchdown. They're barely using the guy half the time. Like, and right. a, lot of, a lot of the Saints' uh, uh, power right now 
comes from that defense. And that defense has been so good this year so far. And, and granted, they're taking on bad teams, but they've been good. And uh, I well, feel I mean, like the first, pack- first of all, I mean, what are you doing dropping 18, getting 18 dropped on you and uh, costing you the game? Yeah, but and, and I'm also kind of like, well, wait a minute. They, they did beat on the, the Packers quite a bit during this game. And, and now where's where's Derek Carr? Where, yeah. Where's that offense yeah, yeah, to, to, to salt this one away? Right. If Derek Carr scores a touchdown in the third quarter, you really think that we're, we're having this conversation right now? Probably not. Really. not. No, not really. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I believe Derek Carr did get injured in this game. Yes, he did. What you're saying. Yes, he did. He got sent to the, the hospital in this game. So, Oof. I mean, to me, uh, the Green Bay Packers got away with that. Yep, they sure and, did. And I, I think that they're, they're uh, still a really soft team. Be honest with you, but the Packers win 18-17 over the Saints and uh, advance to two and one. Next up, the big one, one of the big surprises of the week: the Texans go out and beat the Jags 37-17. I don't think that anybody. First of all, victory lap time. Yep. I thought C.J. Stroud was going to be the best quarterback out of this draft, and so far he has been. Well, hundred percent. I mean, I I agree with that assessment wholeheartedly. You know, um, I, he's been—he's definitely been a positive uh, uh, influence with the with the with the Texans. But let's take a look at the stats here. Um, if if we take a look at his numbers here, C.J. Stroud was twenty for twenty a third, uh, twenty for thirty, two hundred and eighty yards and two touchdowns. So I mean, that's very; those are very good numbers. Yeah, but here's the know? thing about about Stroud, and and I want to point it out—he hasn't thrown a pick this year. Right. He hasn't thrown a single interception. I think that the game. This is one of those situations, it's, it's almost, I hate to put it like this, because, you know, a lot of fans are just going to be like, ah! But, like, it's almost like having that player in Madden who has, like, five-star development. Right. You know, and that's kind of what he, he's done here. C.J. Stroud is developing very, very quickly to the speed of the NFL game. It's pretty impressive to watch. I, I love the fact that he hasn't thrown a pick. He I love the fact that, that he is able to to scope out defenses and just kind of have their way with them. He has over 950 yards passing right now. That's through three weeks. Through three weeks. I mean, he's throwing the ball effectively. And that's with shitty receivers, by the way. Nico Collins and, you know, I like Robert Woods is next as well. Tank, Tank Dell had yeah. five receptions for four, 145 yards and a touchdown. Who? Uh, Who's well, Tank Dell? I'll, I'll tell you who Tank Dell is. He is a... Bootleg B teamer, by the way. <laughs> bootleg B team, yeah, stand up. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean Tank Dell has blown up, and and uh, you know Rome has been uh, talking and Bootsy, he's been just going on and on and on and on and on about Tank Dell. He's talked about Tank Dell so many times on this show, and I was very surprised. Well, there you go. Here we are, and I looked at the numbers for Tank Dell the last several weeks, and Tank Dell has been great. Boots has been on his shit as far as Tank Dell goes. And then, the bastard, I went to pick up Tank Dell out of the waiver wire <laughs> in our fantasy league, and he's sitting on Boots' bench. I'm oh. like the bastard. So so Tank Dell, everybody, is is becoming C.J. Stroud's favorite receiver at whatever it was, before it was Nico Collins. But Stroud has been surprisingly good. 
Whereas the Jags, on the other hand, especially their defense, have has been very bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jags defense not looking good at all. They just getting mollywopped here. I mean, and, you get. I mean, you got a thirty-seven burger dropped on you, and that's that's not good. No. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, to his discredit, you know. Well, I mean, well, okay. he did go twenty-seven for forty. I mean, that's pretty that's, good. That's not bad. that's not terrible. You no. Two hundred seventy-nine yards, one touchdown, and a pick. You know, so you know it's not like the offense is struggling. They they were able to get seventeen points on the board. Yeah, it's it's the Jacksonville defense, which is is kind of surprising. There is no pass rush there, especially. And you know what blows my mind is, you balked on Aiden Hutchinson. Oh yeah, that's you right. You balked on Aiden Hutchinson for Trayvon Walker, and now you have no pass rush. <laughs> I wonder why. I so, want, wasn't Trayvon Walker supposed to be like this one of the bit one of the big solutions? Yep. Uh, well, no. Well, thanks, Jacksonville. Thanks for thanks for balking on them. Yep, yep. <laughs> Silly shit. So, I mean, the the Texans get away with one. The Texans, by the way, have had the Jags number the last several meetings they've had, uh, and I don't know why, but they have. Well, it's it, been it, weird. I'd like to see what what's going to happen in the rematch because again, they're two AFC South teams. They fight. They they play twice every year. Yep. So you know now it's like okay, the Texans are at one and two now. Yep, Texans yep. are one and two, and weirdly enough, the the division winning Jacksonville Jaguars are one and two. Yeah, that's silly. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> silly. Uh, but yeah, Texans get it done, thirty-seven seventeen. Uh, next up, the beating of the week. That's <laughs> what we'll call I, it. I can't wait to talk about this one. You want to see? And and I called I called certain certain uh, uh, beatdowns. And, and I've compared them to watching Mike Tyson face off against Stephen Hawking. Okay? Like, I, if there was ever a moment in football that really resembles that comment. It's this one. It's this one. The Dolphins beat the Broncos 70-20. to 20. What? Just a thrashing. And you know what? I Let me just say, I love the idea of Sean Payton and his butthole-looking mouth Getting absolutely waffle stomped down the drain like the turds that they are and that he is against the the Miami Dolphins is watching him get smashed to hell because I hate Sean Payton. Yeah, I can't stand Sean Payton. He is an asshole, and I just I think he's a dirtbag, and I'm so glad that he lost in this fashion. And and Mike McDaniel, <laughs> God bless him. You know. He, I mean. I don't know if it's photoshopped or not, but there, there's a picture of him, you know, saying, oh, I was letting the fans pick the plays, and, and then, I mean, all kinds of random shit, but the Dolphins go out, I mean, I, I, I well, let's take a look at these stats, I kind of want to dig into this. Tua Tunga Bailoa, the, the story of this one, let's just, let's be real, is Devin yeah. Shane. I mean, uh, yeah, Devin Shane, Shane rather, and it's, 18 carries, 203 yards, two touchdowns, but then he also had two other touchdowns through the air. Uh, it was just... It, it was absolutely insane. Yeah, it was. It, he had he had four four receptions for 30 yards, two touchdowns, too. Tyreek had nine receptions for 157 and a touchdown. I mean, just crazy. He Mostert. Mostert goes off. 13 carries, 82 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Raheem Mostert has seven receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown as well. Robbie Chosen yeah. has a 68-yard has a pass for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. What? Rob, Robbie Anderson, really. I mean, it's a, the, 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 the artist formerly known as Robbie Anderson. But, <laughs> but he, he goes out and gets, I mean, it was just Mike White. Tua Tungabailoa got pulled out of the game. Mike White threw a touchdown and went two for two. 
I just I don't understand any of this. You know you know what this is? This is an abs- this isn't even a, a Russell Wilson problem. Because let's go to the Broncos and let's take a look at their look at their stats. How Russ did? He was twenty three for thirty eight, three hundred and six yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Right. This is not a Russell Wilson problem. Mm-hmm. You know what this is? This well, part of it is that Miami offense just standing, sitting on the field, and going, you know what? F this. Yeah. Let's just drop a seventy burger on him. And the other part of it is a huge condemnation on Sean Payton. This is like Sean Payton got off, got after Aaron Rodgers, you know, and go, you know, talking, and then you got after, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, rightfully, saying, "Oh, Nathaniel Hackett yeah. was the worst. That was one of the worst head coaching jobs I've ever seen." Well, well guess what? You just well, got trounced. Well, let's see. Seventy to twenty. Yeah, let's see you do better. Oops, never yeah. mind. Yeah. So to see, so to see, so to see Sean Payton eat crow like this just just makes me warm and fuzzy inside, and uh, and kudos. Kudos to the Miami Dolphins. Kudos to Tua and, and his team. You know, just dropping, just dropping a seventy burger. I mean, the, the people on Monday Night Football and the primetime games—they were talking about it all night long. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely insane. And and we're going to talk about money for Monday Night Football because I have a problem with Monday Night Football. Right now. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, the well, obviously because obviously the doubleheaders are, are, are a source. Well, of pain. well, yeah, but not it's not just that we're going to talk about that momentarily. Um, but the next uh, the next game, uh, Browns going out and stomping the Titans. The Browns defense has been so good. Yep. And and I do I like Deshaun Watson coming alive. I mean, this was a great game for him. Twenty seven for thirty three, two eighty nine, two touchdowns against a very tough Titans defense who's been playing well. Titans fall to one and two. You know, Browns go to two and one. Well, I mean, if you want to if you want to throw some blame around for this game, look at not an elite quarterback Ryan Tannehill. He went thirteen for twenty five and one hundred and four yards. But this is and that's the problem. That's the problem with the Titans. They again, they're they're like they're like Atlanta. They're they're one dimensional. They've they've got a running back that they just ride into the ground, and that's and, and, that. and even then, Derrick Henry only got twenty yards out of eleven carries. Yeah. So so Cleveland was able to stop the run. It's it was basically just like the game, the Atlanta and Detroit game. You know, the, the Tennessee Titans were Atlanta, and and the Cleveland Browns were the Detroit Lions. Yeah. They stopped the run. That's all they had to do. And and shame on Cleveland. You you go and get Kareem Hunt, and you run Pierre Strong. More than anybody, silly, what? silly bullshit. Uh, the only guy that really, the two guys that seemed to really do their job were Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. So I mean, it's it's a disaster over there. But the Browns get it done against the Titans, um, twenty-seven to three. Yeah, I mean, not much else to yeah. write home about there. Yep. Uh, next up, Bills and Commanders. Oh boy, another beating of a game, just a drubbing of the Commanders here. This uh, this is the Buffalo Bills team we've ex- we've come to expect. But here's the surprising. Look, I like I like Sam Howell. Right. I want to say that first. I like Sam Howell. But I do too. Four interceptions in this game. Oof. You know, well, this kind of takes me back to Nate uh, Peterman. Yeah. Well, Nate <laughs> Peterman, but. Uh, who's the coach that keeps saying playoffs? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Jim Mora. Yeah, yeah. I don't care who you play. When you throw four interceptions, you ain't gonna beat anybody, much less an NFL team. Yeah. And yeah, four picks is like that's just a recipe for disaster. And then on the other hand, you know, we did say that Josh Allen was gonna turn the ball over sure. last week. He has a pick, but he also has tw- he went for twenty for thirty two. 
218 yards and a touchdown as well. And James Cook continues to be that prolific running back. He almost went for 100 yards uh, for 15 carries. Steph Diggs doing Steph Diggs things, eight catches for 111. So, you know, this this is the Buffalo Bills team that we've come to expect. Yeah, I think there was a lot of, of shitting on the Bills uh, after that Jets game, and they've had enough of it. Yeah, they, and, they, 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 they to their credit, they just said, you know what, F this, we're better than this. Yeah, and, and they go out and they, they beat a team that they should beat. Of course. By big by double digits. Which they in a should. Big way. And and really, I mean, good for them. Good for them. Good for them. I want I, I predicted the Bills in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. To win the Super Bowl. Right, so, exactly. I mean, so, you know, if you're gonna do that, you gotta make statement games like this. You gotta yep. let the league know, hey. We're mad and we're angry and we got a we got a chip on our shoulder yep. too. We're gonna we're gonna beat the teams that we're supposed to beat by big points, and we're gonna we're gonna beat the teams that that we're uh, supposed to be evenly matched with. We'll beat them. It won't be pretty, but no, we'll beat them. You know, exactly. so that's that's kind of what we're looking at there. The Bills get it done, thirty-seven to three. It, on the, on a scale of one to ten, how hot is Ron Rivera's seat right now, Ooh, given the boy. current circumstances? Given the fact that that Eric Bieniemy could be waiting in the wings to take that job, and a lot of people have been considering Eric Bieniemy as a head coach, I'd probably put that up. At, I'd probably put the heat index at about a seven. It's yeah. pretty toasty right now. I'm surprised he wasn't fired last year. To be yeah. honest, I, I you know look look at look that at Ron. That, that might have been that might have been the term that might have that should have probably been one of the terms of the sale. Yeah, was, hey, get rid of Ron Rivera. Rivera. You know, and, and look. Ron Rivera's been around for a long time. He's a storied head coach. But Ron Rivera hasn't won shit. Right. He has won nothing. And I don't understand the hype. I don't understand the excitement. I just don't. I think he went to the, the Super Bowl one time in Camden. Right. But I mean, I, I mean, outside of that, I just I don't believe in Ron Rivera. I, I just don't. And I don't understand why Washington continues to hold on to him. It just doesn't make much sense to me. This sounds like a Ron Rivera problem to me. Uh, so, yeah. But the Bills go out. Just dominate 37 to 3. Next up, the Colts surprise the world. They beat the, the Ravens 22 19 in overtime. What is happening here? I mean, <laughs> and it's Gardner Minshew of all people. We're not talking Anthony Richardson. We're talking Gardner Minshew. These are those it's, games it, I was talking about last week where Gardner Minshew just pops in and says, Oh, by the way, I'm still here. Yeah, and oh, I'm still a, I'm still a gamer. I'm still the guy. 27 for 44, 227 and a touchdown, mistake-free football. It's like, is is this is this the second coming of Minshew Mania? Uh, Probably it not. It could be. I, the, the thing is, is Gardner Minshew does this all the time, where he'll pop in as a backup and and lead you to an unlikely win that you you know some game you shouldn't be winning at all, and and he'll get you the W, and then you're like, oh, ha, ha, we got the W, and people will start playing him. Well, here's here's the here's the really crazy thing. Guess who got a lot of carries in the yard? Zach Moss, thirty carries for 122 yards. Somebody's got to get them carries. Yeah, well, the, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Granted, it's because Jonathan Taylor's just sitting on the yeah, bench. Yep. Yep. And it's just it's a it's a weird situation in Indianapolis. You got Jonathan Taylor that that refuses to sign an extension and also refuses to play. And I, I mean. All because you know they're they not paying mean. running backs, but at the same time, you know his, Why his owner you? his owner was a dick. Jim well, Irsay was a dick yes. to him, and, and he didn't like it. So I mean, it's just well. And here's and it, you know, on the other side of the ball. I mean, Lamar Jackson was pretty much carrying the team. Yep, twenty two for thirty one, two hundred two yards, no touchdowns on the air. 
but he did get 14 carries for 101 yards and two touchdowns. But why? why? It just doesn't make sense. What? Come on, man. I mean, it's like you're turning into you're turning into a better, a, a slightly better version of Justin Fields. Yeah, you you have don't you, don't play like Justin Fields. He's a bum. And you know, with all the injuries that Lamar has had, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. You yeah. don't need to get hurt again, especially this early in the season. I mean, if you're going to get hurt, get hurt, like, in the middle of the season or the very beginning part of the season, so when playoffs come around, you come back. Playoffs? Playoffs. Yeah. But, um, speaking of teams not going to the playoffs, the New York Jets drop one of the Patriots 15-10. to 10. Well, uh, Yeah, you know, a low-scoring affair. That Jets defense, you know, Let's give them credit. Yep. They held the Patriots to 15 points. Yeah. And and a lot of this issue here is Zach Wilson for the Jets. 100%. It, it, basically, it basically is the issue. Interestingly enough, by the way, Delvin Cook, eight carries for 18 yards, leads the team. What? Yeah, Brees Hall uh, having all kinds of injury problems. Uh, but yeah, again. Yeah, again. Right. But but the Jets drop one to the Patriots, 15 to 10, drop to one and two. This, this team's a disaster. Yeah, I mean, basically, your future basically evaporated the moment Aaron Rodgers blew out his Achilles. Yeah. It's like, it, it'll be a watershed moment, like, like 20 years down the line. Everybody's going to look at that mm-hmm. as just like a turning point. Oh, God. No, it's Aaron, terrible. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is going to change the... Oh, God, he's hurt. Yeah. Oh, God, he's out for the season. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. Well, next up, uh, we have the Panthers and the Seahawks. Uh, kind of a surprising back-and-forth battle. Uh, but the uh, victory goes to the Seahawks. Uh, you know, they, they get this win 37-27. Uh, to sort, sort of a coming-out party for Kenneth Walker here. Yep. 18 carries, 97 yards. He had two touchdowns on the day. And he also five. had three receptions for 59 yards. He had a 19-7 average uh, as far as his receiving yardage goes. He had a 5.4 average rushing. I, yeah. I mean, Kenny Walker. I mean, we, he was quiet, pretty, pretty darn quiet the first two weeks, and now all of a sudden, He's here bad. I am. You yeah, know, he is. there's the Kenneth Walker we want, we've known, and there's the Kenneth Walker we, we want to see. Yep. Um, hell of a running back. Uh, I I don't understand the Seahawks' uh, yeah, mindset. I guess of getting Zach Charbonnet. Uh, yeah, I guess. Not. Yeah, I mean, you have Kenneth Walker the third. I mean, why do you have Zach Sherman on the field? Right. I mean, you know, DK Metcalf doing DK things. Six six catches for 112. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got uh, Tyler Lockett going three for 34. So he didn't really do much. And uh, you know, Jake Jack- Jake Bobo getting the the lone touchdown there. Huh? Jake Ooh. Bobo. I shit you not. That's. <laughs> But well, that, uh, must, that must have been a short yardage situation. Probably. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, I, Andy Dalton threw for a whopping 58 times in this game. Which, listen, if you throw 58 times in the NFL, chances are you're probably going to lose. Yeah, and, and really, but if you I have think, to... I think that's just a condemnation on the running game. I mean, take a look at these rushing statistics. Miles Sanders, 9 carries, 24 yards, and a touchdown, but a 2.7 average. Bowling shoe ugly. Uh, Chubba Hubbard gets one carry for two yards. Andy Dalton himself carries the ball twice for 11 yards. You know, I'm like, do they do, do these? Does this team not have faith in their running game? <laughs> they don't. It's, it's insane. They don't, and it's it's surprising, given a how much Frank Reich 
said, you know, oh, we, we want Miles Sanders to be our guy, and Miles Sanders is going to be our guy, and he yeah. went on and on. And really, he's uncontested over there. He should have way more carries than this. But, you know, and, and why would you why would you want the ball in the hands of Andy Dalton at any juncture in time? Like, like the most you want Andy Dalton throwing the ball is 20 times. Right, exactly. So not, not 58 times. I wouldn't... This is it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not trusting that guy to throw the ball 58 fucking times. Like, you kidding? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The box the box score says they were only down by one at the half. I mean, like, it's just. I, I don't. don't get I it. don't. It doesn't make or, sense. I'm sorry. Take it back. They were up by one. Well, well, still, at the half. Well, still. I mean, that that that's even worse. Because then you would just allow the Seahawks to take the lead back and just waffle stomp you down the drain. Yeah. You know, oh, well, you got 14 points in the fourth. Well, uh, <laughs> you didn't catch up, so that's yeah. that's on you. And, again, we have to understand. You, you made an interesting point. It's Frank Reich. Yeah. Okay? The, the guy's a bum. You know, he was a bum in Indian, Indianapolis. He's clearly a bum now. I don't know how he got the job after the disaster in Indy. <sighs> you know what? It's like somebody in Carolina was like, hey, I got an idea. Let's get that guy that got fired <laughs> from the Indianapolis Colts. I, I thought, like, coordinator. You want yeah, to talk you know, coordinator, let's talk Frank Reich. I, I'm know, cool yeah. with him being a coordinator. Yeah, but, we've, we've said it on the show before. Some head coaches, you know, some people are better coordinators than head coaches. Yeah. Frank Reich is definitely evidence of that for sure he's evidence he's not a good head coach oh my god first of all you know panthers are 0-3 with uh, with the number one pick in the draft hurt so what does that tell you bad uh, uh, bad interior offensive line like boots and i have been screaming about for yeah, three weeks yep yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep yeah. uh, i heard i heard that. Yeah, i'll listen back to that yeah, episode coming up here bingo like, card that shit right there stamp yeah, i mean so <laughs> The the Seahawks they they go blowing past the Panthers. Panthers just uh, they're just no the the new Houston. Well, I I I mean there are a lot of there are a lot of new candidates kind of candidates for the new Houston Texans, but they're their own category of dumpster fire. It's <laughs> it's atrocious. Yeah. So um, moving on, uh, we you want to talk about waffle stomp? Oh right? God, Chiefs go out and stomp the Bears, forty-one to ten. We we expected this. I mean, I, anytime I see the Bears on the docket, I mean, I'm like, it's I, an automatic loss. I, I assume they're just going to get slapped around by whatever team they're taking on. The, the Chicago Bears are just the embarrassment of the league this year. It's not even close. Yeah, and and you know, I I all the hype, yeah. all the hype, like like I. Let's let's just go back. Ryan Poles going into a, a, an, a, a, a on the podium. We're gonna take the North, and we're never gonna give it back. You know, <laughs> okay. And then you feel Justin Fields, oh old Bustin Fields out there. Bingo card. Yep. And and I'm supposed to be like, oh yeah, yeah you're gonna take it over, baby. Like, no, stop it. No, you're not doing any of that. You're getting your ass kicked by the Chiefs. Which I mean, listen. Which is the so ultimate slap in the face, by the way. That was his former team. Oh, that boy. he he was an assistant GM for. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, I just yeah. What a shit show. This is. It's not even worth looking at the stats. Yeah. We already know. It's 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 okay. Pat, it's Patty Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones versus a Bears team that couldn't. You know, a, a ghost could run that team. Right. Better. Right. Holy crap. I I I feel bad for Chicago Bears fans. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think that you know, fan I, don't, with, I, I don't feel bad for them at all. <laughs> okay, so, it, it's 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 just sad. It is. 
But you, you, okay, okay. We we but we they talk, deserve it. We talked <laughs> so we talked about you know absolutes and we okay that's that's absolutely a no brainer. You want to know what the upset of the week was? The Cardinals actually beat the Dallas Cowboys yeah. twenty eight to sixteen. Look what the the Cowboys. Um, I have a feeling mm-hmm. that a lot of this had to do with their offense. Uh, you, uh, you know I, that makes it, that does make sense because we've been talking about the show how Dak Prescott is not the guy. But not only that, I, I think a lot of it also has to do with the loss of Trayvon Diggs on the defense side. One hundred percent. I mean, obviously those those vibes are felt. You know, we were talking about oh the goddamn they stomped the they stomped the Giants and uh, they stomped that other team. Uh, who did they play last week? Uh, but they, you know, they put up very impressive numbers last week. I think it was the Jets last week. It was the Jets. So now they're going out in desert, and uh, Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs of all people, Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs dro- has a, drops, has a game. Tw- drops twenty-eight points on the Dallas Cowboys, uh, a defense that's supposed to be the, the best in the league. What is happening here? <laughs> it's a disaster. Now listen, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. This is probably just a, tra- you know, this is just an unfortunate trap game. Yep. I think Dallas will rebound defensively. Yep. Offensively, we have to have question marks because, again, as, as we've said before, Dak Prescott's not the answer. He's a choke artist. Yep. You know, he's definitely, he was definitely a choke artist in the playoffs last year. Yep. He's been a consistent choker in the playoffs. Yep. Even though he's won the NFC East, even though he's had a very high seed, what does he do? He gets bounced in the divisional round. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, so Dak, I've, we've said on this show multiple times, I've said on this show multiple times that Dak Prescott is the weakest link in this Dallas Cowboys chain. I, I, I said Dak Prescott is not Tony Romo. He's <laughs> oh not equal to Tony Romo. And Tony Romo, you know, to his discredit, you know, he's credited with one of the most uh, laughable gaffes in, in playoff history. Bobbling a snap that, uh, you know, effectively negated their chance to kick a game-winning field goal in the playoffs. Yep. But Tony Romo was, you know, Tony Romo was infinitely better than Dak Prescott. You know, we're sitting here going, oh, Dak Prescott's the future of the Dallas Cowboys. No. He, he just had a good year, that's all. You know, we kept saying, oh, he's not worth $40 million. Dak Prescott, you know what? And then last year he goes and leads the league in interceptions. <laughs> you know, and, and, and gets, I mean, the amount of interceptions that he had last year was, was stupid because he was hurt for a good chunk of the season. Yeah, and then yeah. and then we thought about the, you know, the, that kid that won four games. You know, what was his name? Uh, the backup quarterback. Oh, I forget his name. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we've been drinking. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've we've had a we've had a, a, a wonderful thirteen point one percent beer. Who was that kid? Um, but yeah, he he won four games, and then they and then he came up against the Eagles and got waffle stomped. But uh, if we're yeah, but you know, Dak Prescott goes twenty listen twenty five for forty, two hundred forty nine yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I mean, you know, eh. You know, and Josh Dobbs wasn't, you know, world-beating no, either. No, but 17 for 21, 189. He ran the ball, actually, effectively. There were a couple of scrambles by Josh Dobbs. That really caught me off guard in this game. And James Conner comes out with a 14-carry, 98-yard game. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, what's happening here? Yeah. I mean, did, did they decide to wake up? It's it's weird. I I, I think the Cardinals right now, that, that was an upset. I think the Cowboys cool. kind of took the Cardinals lightly. And here we are. Yeah, Co- yeah, Cooper Rush. That's the guy's name. Cooper Rush. Yeah, that's you know, right. <laughs> yeah. That guy was just a flash in the pan against crappy teams, but here we are. He got exposed, and 
So too did the Cowboys. And you know yeah. what? Their fan base is probably the most annoying in all of football, even more annoying than Packers fans. So good on them. You want to you talk about annoying fan bases? Yeah. This game was just loaded with two of them. Oh, boy. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, you want to talk obnoxious fan bases? Yeah. These two maybe near the top. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, would you would you consider the Oakland Raiders fans worse or the Vegas the Vegas fans worse? Oh, the Vegas fans are always worse. Oh, yeah. With Probably. their stupid shoulder pads and shit. Oh. They're, they're terrible. Yeah, well... And, you know, th- and this game was, you know, we were watching this. We were watching this on Sunday night, and you know, a- apparently, you know, we the, the here's the deal, like you ha- by halftime it was like thirteen to seven, and then it was, then it was twenty three to seven. I'm like, okay, write this one to bed. And then for some reason, the Steelers' defense fell asleep and allowed the Raiders to score eleven points. Let's also point out that the Steelers' defense and- surprisingly has been very good this year. Yeah, so why? So what the heck are you doing, giving up eleven points in the fourth quarter? Right. I mean, what are we doing here? Maybe they, maybe they, and and I, I kind of vaguely remember the game. You know, a lot of times, the Steelers will dip back into a deep coverage, mm-hmm. you know, or, and and like a prevent defense. That's probably what was going on here. I I don't. I watched the game. I just don't completely remember how their defensive looks were during the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so, sense. So I'm like, I, you know, well, here, 11 points, that means you just you might have just given up everything underneath. Because if you look, uh-huh. it, the Steelers, at the end of the third quarter, I mean, they were up 16 points. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so at, the, at that point, it's like, okay, let's just give everything up underneath so they don't get a first down. Yeah. And, and Jimmy but, Garoppolo did throw three picks in that game as well. Which, yeah, that's bowling shoe ugly. Yep. Now, here's another thing, too. Remember when Boots said, George Pickens, with an exclamation point? Mm-hmm. Four catches, 75 yards. <laughs> Meanwhile, Devontae Adams has himself a decent game, 13 catches, 172 that, yards. Shit, that's touchdowns. more than decent. Yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. That's, that's a great game. 13, so, I'll take 13 receptions, 172, and two touchdowns. All every, go to the Vikings, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that every week. Yeah, so you know, Josh Jacobs, 17 carries for 62 yards. Najee Harris surprisingly is 19 carries for 65. Mm-hmm. So the rush game was kind of like, you know, soft. Yeah, so, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, you know, the, the Steelers just outplayed the Ravens. You know, they the Raiders just sucked worse. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think, listen, I've said it last episode. I'm saying it this week. Launch Josh McDaniels <laughs> into <laughs> space. Yep, yep. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. He's garbage. He's a great coordinator. Great okay. coordinator. Terrible head coach. Yep, there you go. Terrible head coach. Okay. Um, next up, Eagles and the Bucks. Eagle is so. I want to talk about Monday Night Football a little bit. Mm-hmm. First of all, Eagles beat the Bucks twenty-five to eleven. Um, very pedestrian game for old Jalen Hurts. DeAndre Swift has another big game. AJ Brown has another big game. So, okay. Give credit where credit is due. Yeah. And and you go over to the uh, the Bucks side, just ugly stats all around, all around. It was just an ugly performance, okay? So the Eagles go and they, they stomp Tampa. Yep. And then <laughs> the, the rematch between... The Super, the Super Bowl rematch between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Rams and Bengals. You know, I, I watched a portion of that game last night, the last part of it. Pretty anemic. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's, that's, probably, that's where you're yeah. going with this. Yeah. Um, look. <laughs> Monday Night Football. I, 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 I look forward sometimes to Monday Night Football. Yeah, because sometimes you have some pretty good marquee matchups. And you remember a few years back when Thursday Night Football was so bad yep. that everybody was complaining about how shitty Thursday Night Football was. Well, yeah, last season in particular, I, when Amazon took over, I don't know how people are not complaining yet. <laughs> I, I don't sure. know. Yeah, because I, I don't know either. I'm not sure what's going on. I, I'd be complaining. Yeah, because I mean, look at this. It's 19 to 16. It's like it, it was two old people in the parking lot, you know, yeah. trying to throw trying to throw punches. Matthew Stafford was 18 for 33, 269 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Matt Stafford needs Tommy John surgery still, and he just won't admit it. I mean, they say, oh, the elbow's feeling better. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. And everybody says, oh, hello, Matthew Stafford. You heard Boots say it last week. Oh, hello, Matthew Stafford. Well, okay, well, um, he didn't really really show up. Uh, And Joe Burrow, you know, to his discredit, he goes 26 for 49, 259 yards and a pick. And let's also point out the Bengals' defense is bad. Yeah. It's a bad defense. I mean, you know. Right now it is a really bad defense. They have not had, I mean, good linebackers. They haven't, I mean, they lost their safety and didn't replace them. They, I mean, the, the, the only guy back there that they utilize as a replacement that's doing his job is Daxton Hill. Right. You know, they, they, they lost their safeties. The, their whole secondary is just depleted over there in Cincinnati. It's a bad defense. So the fact that I don't know what's more of a condemnation on the fact that the Rams couldn't put 16 on them <laughs> and more than 16, or or, or, or the fact that you know Cincinnati couldn't put more than 19 on them. Right, I, it's it's just it's a mess. It's well, a disaster. It's, and here's the deal, you know, Jamar Chase obviously putting up Jamar Chase numbers: 12 catches, 141 yards, 11.8. Uh, you want to know who's uh, surprisingly absent on the stat list? T. Higgins. Two catches for 21 yards. What are we doing here? I think that the Bengals have realized that their future is Jamar Chase, at least in their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever winds up picking up T. Higgins is just getting the steal. They're getting to do whatever they want. <laughs> What's the over-under that T. Higgins goes for less than a third-round pick? Oh, no. He's he's leaving. I mean, after well, this year, after this year, he's he's got his... Uh, he's, he's taking his ball and going Yeah, on. yeah. He, he'll, he go in the, he'll go in the... He'll go into free agency and sign with a team that'll that'll you know, care about him, give a shit about him. You know, it, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling to me that you have a you have a wide receiver the caliber of T. Higgins, and you're not using him. Yes, use amazing, Jam- amazing talent. Listen, you, you, yes, use Jamar Chase because he is every bit the talent that you that he is. Yep, hundred percent. Every day and twice on Sunday, but so is T. T. Higgins got picked up at 32 overall. The fact that you aren't utilizing that man more is a problem. Yeah, that nobody a, high points the ball like T. Higgins. Absolutely. The nobody point. is more physical against the catch than T. Higgins. Right. Nobody is. I, I have yet to see receivers do the things that T. Higgins does. I mean, like, he's a big-bodied receiver. You, you don't see big-bodied receivers like that anymore. The last time I saw a truly big-bodied receiver like that is what? Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and Or, you know what? Eric Decker. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you don't see receivers like that very often. These big-bodied guys. I don't know. I mean, T. Higgins, T. Higgins, to me, should be a number one somewhere. Absolutely. And Without whoever question. picks him up is going to make him a number one. 
This is this is what I call this the Raven effect. Uh -huh. You know, because the the Ravens have this tendency to take these receivers, and, and Anquan Bolden is a great example. Anquan Bolden was a number two in Arizona behind Larry Fitzgerald. Anquan Bolden tests the free agency market, gets picked up by the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens turn him into a number one, and he looks like a star, right? Yep. So now T. Higgins getting ready to hit free agency. You know, and the Ravens were kind of hoping, have been hoping over and over again, you know, trying to sign certain receivers as they come out. Odell Beckham, for example. Great example. Yep. Oh, well, we're going to turn him to a number one. Okay. Yeah, we'll I mean, well, yeah, it, 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 sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, and, and so... So uh, it'll be interesting to see where T. Higgins goes after this season. Yeah. But it, it's clear to everybody, you know, the, the Bengals are sitting at one and two. They barely squeak by a Los Angeles Rams team headed by an anemic, uh, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford, and a, and a and without Cooper Cup, you got to put that on there. You know, and, and without Cooper Cup, but I will say, just to to be fair, Puka Nakua over the first three weeks, lights out, special. And he, and, he, and this week he was five. He had five catches for seventy-two yards. Yeah, that's not bad. You know, Puka Nakua has been the most surprising uh, receiver this year so far. Yeah. So, you know, that that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, w when Cooper Cup comes back, you know, think, you know, time will tell if this Rams team will turn it around. Yep. But here's the deal. Cincinnati has a very high standard attached to them. And the reason for that is, you know, their, their former Super Bowl team, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, I'm starting to think that because they decided not to pee, not to uh, pay T. Higgins, uh, but you know, it, they decided not to pay T. T. Higgins, and it's costing them. You know, it's. It, I think it's be starting to become much more of a, you know, of a liability uh, on the Cincinnati Bengals side. The the inability of using T. Higgins yeah. by the Bengals is is a disaster on their end, yeah. um, and and. It's part of the reason why they're one and two. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and and they're going to continue to be one and two until they get all of their receivers involved. Tyler Boyd has been somewhat non-existent as well. Right. You know, they had a nice one-two-three punch there with the hey. Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. Tyler Boyd's been a pretty uh, prolific yep. receiver in the past. And and we've seen big games from Tyler Boyd, but uh, where is he now? Yeah. I, I I see I see a, a catch every now and then from Tyler Boyd, but I. And do I expect Tyler Boyd to be able to be T. Higgins? No. Absolutely not. T. Higgins is going to be a twenty-five to thirty million dollar receiver. Uh, he's going to be one of the best, pay highest-paid receivers out there. Somebody's going. It's going to be a bid war for him. There's going to be a bid war, um, and and just going down the line, thinking of the teams that need a guy like T. Higgins. Yeah, you know, like there's like a, there's there's a catalog of teams that could that would love getting a getting a receiver like T. Higgins. How about how about Houston? How about Minnesota? Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, they have Jefferson and Addison. I mean, I think That's they're kind of happy with them. But, like, Houston and mm -hmm. C.J. Stroud. Oh, my gosh, that'd be a match made in heaven. Makes and a lot of sense. Then you pick up that uh, that Marvin Harrison Jr. kid. And then you put him all on the field with C.J. Stroud. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Oh, you're, my God. You're talk then we're talking about a whole different conversation. That would be crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Or, or how about, uh, you know, 
He goes to Atlanta. <laughs> well, listen, look, if he goes to Atlanta, Arthur Smith will know how to use him. Yep. That, that, that's, or that's why that's God, why I'm like, oh, God. Or God forbid he goes to the Tennessee Titans, yeah. where, or, or, where wide receivers go to die. Or the New England Patriots, where wide receivers go to die. I mean, like, it's... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you like, know, uh, so, you know, if you're going to go somewhere, go somewhere where wide receivers are valued. I would love to see him in a San Francisco 49ers outfit. How about that? I mean, you know, they, they already have Debo. They already yeah, have Brandon Ayuk over Brandon there. Ayuk, but I mean, you know, they already—they they basically got like run CMC uh, on, on the trade of the century, and you know that was like, huh? You know, I'm trying to think of teams that would need him, right? You know, like, yeah, yeah that's you know, true. and and I'm like, huh? Imagine the powerhouse yeah. it would be if T Higgins went to Buffalo. Now that is something you, you talk about a one-two punch, Steph Diggs Woo. and T Higgins. Ugh, if you're not winning a Super Bowl with those two guys, Ugh. there's a problem. Yeah, that would that would be interesting. But T Higgins, I mean, all all merely just speculation, obviously. But T Higgins, I mean, get ready, he's going to be hitting the free agency market after this year. But the Cincinnati Bengals drop one, nineteen. Nope. The, the, I'm they, sorry, the, the L.A. Rams rather drop one of the Cincinnati Bengals. 19 to 16, and uh, both teams sitting at one and two. Bengals get their first win of the year. And uh, those are our scores for week three in the NFL. Now, folks, um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Um, we're going to uh, get ourselves situated, and we will be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, of the Outside Blitz. Uh, once again, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. And uh, Alex Steele had to dip out at intermission time. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? But have no fear, I am still here. And folks, uh, you know, I'll just be running this uh, train solo. We don't like doing that very often. But hey, I got to do what I got to do. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we got some news around the, on the league, folks, and uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, moving into the news around the league, uh, you know, we'll start with Nick Chubb. He goes and uh, gets his knee surgery done, and he's got a second one to be scheduled. So we know that that uh, Nick Chubb obviously suffered that awful knee injury. Uh, and, and, man, oh, God, it was grody looking. But, uh, you know, hopefully Nick Chubb 
you know, is able to retake the field. Uh, this is going to be one of those like comeback player of the year situations where I mean, like he's that that knee injury was so horrific. Uh, same one he had in college. We like we talked about last week. So uh, hopefully Nick Chubb is able to come back onto the field. He's in the midst of a special career. Uh, so we're, we're hoping for a uh, uh, positive outcome there for him. <clears throat> also, Browns QB Deshaun Watson is considered a game-time decision this week. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson taking a lot of people by surprise here with what he's doing. I, Deshaun Watson's been playing actually pretty damn well for a guy who has been off the field for damn near three seasons. Uh, he comes in, plays extremely well, and now... Uh, he's uh, considered a game-time decision. For the Browns' sake, they better hope he's on the field because if he's not on the field, it's going to get ugly this weekend. So, uh, yep, Deshaun Watson considered questionable this week. Uh, <clears throat> moving on, uh, the Raiders. we got some stuff going on with the Raiders. First of all, we'll start with Raiders QB Jimmy Garoppolo. He is a game-time decision versus the Chargers this Sunday due to a concussion. You know, Jimmy G, I mean, I. it is a huge loss because he's the, the focal point of that McDaniel system. But, you know, uh, it, it would be much more, you know, brutal if they, they were losing a defensive player, and they are. Uh, Raiders defensive end Chandler Jones gets arrested. He's released by the team right afterwards. He, uh, I believe it's domestic violence going on. Uh, he's been having some weird stuff go on. Chandler Jones, <clears throat> you know, I, I, it's just one of the more confusing situations. It, it, it he's been hospitalized by the, the, uh, uh, Vegas fire department, you know, basically they're, they're worried about his own well-being and, and, uh, they're worried about whether or not he's going to take care of himself. It, it's very Everson Griffin. That's, that's basically my takeaway here. Chandler Jones, uh, they're very concerned about about his well-being and uh, whether he's able to to really take care of himself. So Chandler Jones, he gets arrested for domestic violence, if I'm not mistaken. He gets uh, uh, released by the team this week. So the Raiders losing one of their key cogs there, and and Chandler Jones originally was from the Arizona Cardinals. I, I believe the Raiders just got him this past offseason. He had a three-year deal. I believe it's fifty-one million. So. You know, Raiders losing a key cog to their uh, uh, defense, and that's going to be a, a, a tough one because they're going to be taking on the L.A. Chargers, and their defense was already a little meh. But now they're taking on the Chargers this week, who are monsters. Thankfully for them, though, the Chargers running back, Austin Eckler, is doubtful to play on Sunday uh, versus the Raiders doing an ankle injury. So the Raiders kind of get a, a lucky break there. <clears throat> but... Uh, yeah, a little little bit of a tough situation for the Raiders still without Chandler Jones. Chargers have, I mean, even without Eckler, have been so high-powered last week, dropping 28 on the Vikings. Granted, the Vikings' defense isn't anything to write home about, but man, Justin Herbert's been playing on a whole different level ever since Kellen Moore came into town. That Chargers offense, you know, i got to tell you, uh, I've been blown away by how good it's been. The, the uh... It was a night and day difference. Uh, I always thought Justin Herbert was a really special quarterback, but ever since Kellen Moore came into town, he's been operating on a different level than than I think any of us expected. 
a lot of folks after last season were questioning whether or not Herbert was the real deal and and whether or not Herbert merited a first round pick and a lot a lot of people were really giving that guy a hard time and I think a lot of it had to do with Brandon Staley more than anything and uh you know now now that Kellen Moore is is uh, kind of controlling the offense it's it's a much different situation uh for for Justin Herbert so uh, and <clears throat> not having uh, Austin Eckler on the field while it is a hit, uh, you know the Chargers have proven that, yeah, you know we we don't necessarily need him per se. And Eckler right now, if I'm not mistaken, he just got a one year. Uh, he's just on a one year deal for this season. They had to give him uh, extra money to keep him on the field. So with them needing to give him extra, you know the the little bump in pay to keep him on the field this season. Uh, I think the Chargers probably move on from Eckler after this season. And you know what? They're probably going to go out and draft a running back round two, and they're going to be perfectly fine. So the Chargers, down Eckler, but like I said, I don't think it really matters, especially against a Raiders team who is just abysmal. Uh, uh, Elsewhere around California, the 49ers, wide receiver Debo Samuel is listed as questionable versus the Cardinals due to a rib and knee injury. Uh, we did see he got banged up. Uh, I, I didn't realize he had a knee injury as well, but the, the rib injury, I, he got he got uh, hammered pretty hard on a tackle and, uh, yeah, winds up uh, with, with a rib injury. Debo is, you know, the, the Niners have like a surplus of goods on that, that, um, in that offense. You got Debo Samuel, <clears throat> obviously, who is the, a special player, but they also have Brandon Ayuk, who's supposed to be returning this week. So, you know that's that's pretty exciting for the Niners that and, and they're, they're very fortunate that they have two really solid receivers. Ayuk's been playing on a different level this year, uh, and and you know Debo Samuel, he's always had an injury bug as it was, so having two really really good receivers is a good problem to have for the for the Niners. And mind you, they also have Christian McCaffrey over there and Brock Purdy, who we were just talking about earlier, is playing on a whole different level. Uh, he's th- this is. Uh, a much better Brock Purdy than we expected. Uh, that Niners offense is is tough to beat, and let's not forget about George Kittle. When he's healthy, he's still one of the best tight ends in football. So, I mean, yeah, the Niners, they may lose Debo Samuel, but I don't know that it's going to affect him as much as, as uh, you know, a lot of people want to believe. Because while Debo Samuel is a big-time receiver, that uh, uh, Niners offense really is just a prolific uh, uh, offense. So, I mean... It's just something to think about there. Uh, but the Niners wide receiver Debo Samuel is listed as questionable versus the Cardinals this week. And even though the Cardinals did light up, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys last week, let's not go into to, oh, the Cardinals are the real deal mode. Okay, you know, uh, even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometime. That's what Boots always says, right? So, you know, I, I think uh, they're about to get a rude awakening after that win. There's going to be a little bit of a hangover. The 49ers are coming for that ass anyway, so get ready for that. Uh, next up, the uh, Giants running back Saquon Barkley. His he's um, listed as doubtful versus the Seahawks with an ankle injury, but weirdly enough, is listed as a game time decision. Uh, Saquon's had a litany of injuries throughout his career. Ankle injury for a running back, obviously tough situation. Uh, <clears throat> Saquon, you know. The Giants have been missing him. Their offense have, has been actually pretty anemic, you know, to use an Alex Steele term. 
it's been a little rough. They, their offense has not been functioning on the same level since losing Saquon Barkley, who really is a, a, a major focal point. And the fact that, that he's not out on the field is, is really affecting the Giants from uh, functioning well on the offensive side of the football. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know that, that um, I don't understand the, the concept of, hey, he's doubtful, but he's a game-time decision. Like, no, no, let's, let's not get everybody's hopes up that he's a game-time decision. If, if Saquon's out, Saquon's out. You know, if he's got an ankle injury that's going to list him as doubtful, then, you know, <clears throat> why, why would you stick your star player out on the field if he's in bad enough shape to be listed as doubtful? So I, I, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's just me. I think that's silly as hell. Uh, that, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. One guy that's not doubtful, Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle. He did clear concussion protocol, and he will play versus the Bills this week. You know, uh, the, the Dolphins' offense has been unbelievable. Obviously, we saw the 70-point uh, the showing they had against the Broncos. They beat them 70-20 to 20 this past week. It was the most points scored since 1966. You know, Jalen Waddle, obviously a key part of this offense, but I, I feel like that offense could just keep humming all day long no matter what. And Tua Tungavailoa has been playing on a whole different level. And, man, Jalen Waddle is a huge part of it. In that combo between Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, I want to see how the Bills uh, uh, are able to handle it because Jalen Waddle is an awesome, awesome receiver. Uh, one of those guys that doesn't get enough credit for what he does because everybody's so focused on Tyreek Hill, uh, and, and rightfully so. But you know, Jalen Waddle, man, he was awesome last season when he had to fill in for Tyreek Hill, uh, and and he had to play as the number one receiver. He was tremendous. So. Uh, Jalen Waddle back on the field. The Bills are going to have their hands full. One guy that's hopefully going to help them <clears throat> is Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin. He's expected to play Sunday for the first time since his cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football. Very exciting news. We all, obviously, a majority of us, that we do remember that uh, scary moment on Monday Night Football right near the end of the season. DeMar Hamlin takes that, that hit right to his chest and suffers a cardiac arrest on the field. He dies. The, on the field, and the paramedics are able to bring him back to life. And uh, they, they put him in the back of the, the ambulance, and, and they stopped the game. They stopped Monday Night Football, and a lot of people were so upset. Their fantasy scores, you know, took a, took a shit because they, they, they ended that game prematurely. And, yeah. But, in this case, Tamar Hamlin is expected to play on Sunday for the first time since uh, Monday Night Football. It's going to be a huge moment. I'm expecting that crowd to go absolutely bananas, uh, and and it's super good to see Demar Hamlin back and healthy and ready to play. And and uh, man, what what an uh, what an experience, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's that that's an exciting situation. So, kudos to Demar Hamlin. Congratulations to you, and uh, I'll be watching to see on uh, Monday Night Football. So, he's going to be the the story of the day there. For sure, I, I know that. Uh, next it up, Colts. Quarterback Anthony Richardson, he is expected to play on Sunday versus the Rams. Uh, you know what? Th this is a, a huge deal. Uh, Gardner Minshew, though, I mean, he stepped in very, very well. I don't know that Gardner Minshew is able to do it like 
five weeks in a row. If Anthony Richardson was out five weeks in a row, the Colts get their star cute, well, their star uh, uh, rookie QB back that they love so very much, and who's actually taken me by surprise a little bit. So Anthony Richardson, he'll be back versus the Rams, uh, and and uh, it, like I said, I don't know that Gardner Minshew can do it several weeks in a row. He's one of the more high-end backups in this league. Uh, obviously, he is a sort of a low-end starter, really, when he, when he does come in. Uh, the Colts have a surplus of, of uh, decent QB play, so uh, it's a good problem to have having a guy like Gardner Minshew as a backup. Minshew mania will not reign supreme for, for more than last week, though. Uh, obviously, Minshew got the win last week, but people not uh, going absolutely crazy, so Anthony Richardson will be back uh, versus the Rams, so that's good news for the Colts. The Rams also made made a few waves this week. They go out and extend tight end Tyler Higby to a two-year, $27 million contract, uh, $13.5 million per year. He'll be signed through uh, 2025. Uh, Higby's been sort of a staple on that Rams offense for a while. Uh, Matt Stafford loves targeting him. He's he's one of the more reliable targets in this league. Uh, you got to like Tyler Higby. I, I, could, I feel like uh, 13.5 is about what he's worth. I mean, ideally, I believe you can get some more production out of a guy like Tyler Higby, I, I, or at least I wish you could. I'm not sure if it's a McVay thing that, that uh, Tyler Higby isn't having bigger games like guys like Hawkinson and, and Kittle and, and you know the, the Travis Kelseys of the world. I, I don't know if it's a, a scheme thing or if maybe he's just not that good or what, but, but Tyler Higby, I, I would like to see more production out of him for $13.5 million, but uh, still one of the higher-end tight ends in this league. The Rams extend him. They get their guy through 2025. They get uh, Matt Stafford, one of his favorite targets, back. That's a huge deal. So uh, the Rams get uh, Tyler Higby signed through 2025. Uh, next up, Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari was placed on IR due to a knee injury. What else is new? I, I feel like this guy is, like, every time we talk about David Bakhtiari, it's like he's just hurt. Like I feel like I look at the guy and he, he gets hurt. I every year David Bakhtiari winds up on IR doing some sort of injury. It seems like, um, and I like David Bakhtiari. Don't get me wrong, get me wrong. I think he's a great left tackle. I think David Bakhtiari is is uh, you know honestly one of the coolest guys out there. Uh, you know you see him chugging beers at the the Milwaukee Bucks games and all kinds of stuff. But man, like like dude, stay healthy. Like I just I. And, I, and it makes me wonder why the Packers continue to retain him. Or, and, and if I'm not mistaken, a couple years ago they gave him a monster contract. I wouldn't have given him that contract. I mean, the guy's always hurt. Availability and reliability are a huge deal in the NFL. And we, we talk about it all the time. And, and, you know, there's a lot of guys out there on, on you know, on X or what, what's, now, what's now X, what was formerly known as Twitter, um, you know, a lot of folks out there, they, they will condemn somebody for saying, well, that guy's hurt all the time. Well, David Bakhtiari legitimately is hurt all the time. Like, there is a history there of David Bakhtiari missing entire seasons and, and all of his stints on IR. It's like, man, why? why? I wouldn't retain that guy if my life depended on it. But uh, David Bakhtiari, man, the Packers go ahead and place him on IR, uh, and the blind side is wide open for old Jordan Love. And last but not least, the Panthers. Quarterback Bryce Young, he is to start versus the Vikings this week in spite of an ankle injury. 
You know, this is one of those matchups where uh, Bryce Young is going to benefit from a really bad Vikings defense. The only downside for him is that, just like the Vikings, the interior offensive line has uh, left something to be desired. Bryce Young's been getting pounded, you know, and, and he's facing off in his division in particular against some of the most potent pass rushers in the entire league, some of the most potent defensive tackles in the entire league. And, uh, man, he's just been beat up. And, obviously, like I said before, you're talking about, like, a, what, five foot ten quarterback, five foot eleven, something like that. He's not the biggest guy in the world uh, as far as NFL terms go. Uh, I got questions. I got questions. And, and that size, obviously, has become a big factor. So, Bryce Young, um, he's going to be taking on uh, uh, the Vikings this week and, and – I'm wondering what's going to happen there when Daniil Hunter gets to him. You know, that's that's the big one. If Daniil Hunter can get to him, we're going to see how that goes. But Or Harrison Phillips, for that matter. Harrison Phillips is, is uh, in that interior. That's a, a lot of man coming at you. So, But Bryce Young is said to be on the field, uh, not Andy Dalton this week. Andy Dalton filled in for Bryce Young last week. Uh, but Bryce Young getting ready to get a soft matchup against the Vikings. Um, maybe start him in fantasy, maybe, you know, you guys can uh, make that decision. But Bryce Young set to, to uh, start against the Vikings. Uh, last but not least, folks, and I know this is a quicker episode because, you know, uh, the second half, you know, it's just me all by myself. So uh, that's no big deal. Um, we're just going to rock through this episode. We're going to get it up and running. And then uh, next week, obviously, we're going to be uh, – out of the out of the power play situation, we're gonna we're gonna have be back at full strength. Uh, we're gonna have boots in in studio. We're gonna have Mr. Alex Steele. Um, you know, so we're we're gonna be back to rocking and rolling this upcoming week. But uh, we do have one more piece of business to think about. And and uh, Alex has sent me his picks uh, for the week. I, I have yet to get boots's, but I'm sure I will. Uh, and, and so we're just going to jump through mine and Alex's here uh, for the upcoming week. So here are your predictions for week four in the NFL. Starting out with the Lions and the Packers, first and foremost, uh, Boots and I both picked the Packers uh, just for an upset special. Yeah, so much for that. Alex goes out and picks the Lions. He gets it right. Uh, just just a, an upset special situation that I thought was going to happen. But, man, the Lions absolutely dominated the Packers uh, what else is new on uh, Thursday night football we knew the Packers team was kind of questionable and uh, the Lions went out and, and stomped them the way they should have so the Lions get the W there uh, next up Falcons versus Jaguars this is a London game uh, the Jags have not been playing high quality football but I have a feeling that the Jags are going to have a good well you know what I, I take that back I'm going to go with the Falcons here that, that Falcons uh uh, run game is going to rock and roll uh, all the way through town. And Alex Steele is also going with the Falcons. Uh, you know, I, I just, I like B. John Robinson. I think he has a bounce back game after having the rough game last week. He's going to show up and show out. So I'm going with the Falcons here. Uh, the, the Jaguars defense has been leaving something to be des desired. So Falcons in London there. Uh, next up, Rams and the Colts. Uh, you know what? This one might be kind of interesting. You got uh, you got all uh, um, 
you know, oh gosh, his name, uh, Anthony Richardson, thank you. Uh, Anthony Richardson back on the field, uh, kind of a toughie. Um, Alex is going with the Colts. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Rams here. I, I think the Rams are going to come out firing, even though Richardson's back on the field. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Rams. I think that season Matt Stafford and that Rams defense, that that front four, that front seven is going to get after uh, Anthony Richardson. I don't care how mobile he is. They're going to get after him. So I'm going with the Rams. Uh, next up, the Ravens and the Browns. Uh, it's kind of a toughie, actually, because the, the Browns defense has been weirdly good. Deshaun Watson's been weirdly good. But... I'm going with the Ravens here. I I know this this division usually plays uh, plays each other very hard. Uh, you know I'm I'm going with the Ravens. I think that they're gonna squeak one out in spite of how good that Browns defense has been playing, uh, and despite how how well Deshaun Watson's been playing. Uh, there's something about the Ravens team right now. I'm going with the Ravens, and uh, Alex is also going with the Ravens as well. Uh, next up, Vikings and the Panthers. Uh, so. The Vikings have burned me on a couple occasions, all right? But I think this is where they get their first win this week. Alex also takes the Vikings. He says, they better. <laughs> so, yeah, we're both going with the Vikings here. I think that Vikings offense is going to be way too potent for that uh, Carolina defense. It's going to be another shootout. The Vikings are going to have those week in and week out until they figure out the defensive side of the ball. Dalton Risner is going to... Uh, is going to be out on the field, if I'm not mistaken, and you're also going to have uh, Cam Akers coming out. So you're, you're going to see the Vikings uh, firing on all cylinders this week. Uh, Alex and I both going with the Vikings uh, this upcoming week. Next up, Bengals and the Titans. Uh, you know, kind of a toughie because the Bengals have not been playing good football, but the, the Titans have been abysmal. I am going with the Bengals. Alex is also going with the Bengals. Uh, I, I feel like Joe Burrow is going to be able to get his feet under him here and, and just start taking control of the situation. So we're both going Bengals. Next up, the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, you know, the Saints have not been playing well. The Bucks have. Uh, uh, then their uh, their defense has been out of this world. Baker Mayfield's been surviving, uh, or uh, he's not just surviving, but but playing at a high level. Actually, believe it or not, I'm going with the Bucks. Uh, Alex is also going with the Bucks. I, I think that goes without question. Uh, next up, probably what's going to wind up being the game of the week. I can't believe it's not on prime time. The Dolphins and the Bills at one o'clock. Uh, you know. I, I'm gonna. It, it's a shootout right now. You you know that's what it's gonna be. Oof, that's a toughie. Alex goes with the Bills, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the Finns here. I think the Dolphins have been playing at such a high level, uh, 70 to 20. That offense is humming. They're gonna have their work cut out with them uh, against a, a tough Bills defense. But man, I have a feeling that that Dolphins offense is gonna be so potent. I'm going with the Finns. Uh, next up, Broncos and the Bears. This is like a, uh, you know, the giant douche turd sandwich we always talk about on this show. Yeah, this is it right here. Uh, it's a one o'clock game. Who cares? Nobody's watching anyway. Uh, and the fact that the Broncos are favored right now is kind of like surprising, but at the same time, I, I get it. I'm going with the Broncos here, actually, believe it or not. Uh, I think Russ Wilson has actually not been the problem so far 
uh, Sean Payton, I think, is the problem. Their defense is horrible. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Broncos here. Uh, next up, the Commanders and the Eagles. Look, I, I like Sam Howell a lot, but it's the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles. Uh, I, th I think they're just going to dominate this game and, and keep doing Eagle things. So I'm going with the Eagles. Next up, Steelers and the Texans. You know, weirdly enough, C.J. Stroud has been playing decent ball. Uh, very, very good ball, in fact. He, he has, you know, two touchdowns, and he hasn't thrown a pick, and, and he's uh, like, almost to 1,000 yards here. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of blown away. You know, I like C.J. Stroud a lot, and I predict him to be a great quarterback, but, you know, playing at this level, uh, at this stage of the game, Kind of interesting. The Texans are hot right now. They just came off the big win, 37-17, uh, over the Jags. Oof. I, I mean, looking at these two teams, and the Steelers haven't been exactly been playing, playing great. Man, that's a toughie, actually, believe it or not. Uh, I'm going to go and, and say Texans here. I, there's there's a, a, a weird thing going on there with Houston. And you know what? I take that back. I'm going to go with the Steelers. The, it's a tough situation. I just, thinking about it, you know, on, on second thought, you know, that Steelers defense is going to take advantage of a rookie quarterback. I, I think Stroud is in for maybe his his uh, first tough game of the year. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Alex going with the Texans. Uh, and and uh, we're going to see if Stroud can, can handle the number three defense in the league. Next up, Raiders and Chargers. Uh, look, to me, this is a no-brainer. I'm going with the Chargers. And I know a lot of times Chargers are going to Charger. Not this time. Chargers get their second win in a row. Justin Herbert, that offense, they're humming. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Chargers here. Alex is uh, also going with the Chargers. So it's, it's uh, um, going to be a fun one. I think that Chargers offense is just going to pick apart that bad Raiders defense. Uh, next up. Cardinals and the Niners, uh, you know, the Cardinals, I know everybody's excited because, uh, you know, they, they, they went out and beat the Cowboys last week, and they, they did it definitively, and whatever the case may be. That's not going to be the case this week. Not against the powerhouse that is the San Francisco 49ers. This, to me, is just going to be blowout city. I'm going with the Niners all day long, as is Alex. That's a, a no-brainer, in my opinion. Uh, next up. The Cowboys and the Patriots. Uh, another one that I'm sort of surprised isn't in primetime because of who these teams are. Look, the Cowboys' uh, defense struggled last week. They struggled bad. But I have a feeling this is a bounce-back game for the Cowboys against a uh, New England team that... <clears throat> this is not the Brady-era Patriots, okay? Let's be real. Uh, I'm, going with, uh, I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, this is this is going to be a bounce back game. They're going to have themselves some fun, uh, just tap dancing all over the Patriots, Cowboys all day. Alex is also going with the Cowboys, uh, you know, and I I think this is going to be a fun one. Uh, next up, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs and the Jets. Uh, you know, the Jets' offense just is non-existent. They have very good defense, but it's Patrick Mahomes and company, and that Chiefs' defense is out of this world. Uh, and and I, I can't believe I said that because the Chiefs defense has notoriously been like mid for a long time. And then out of nowhere, their defense has been very, very good. 
Uh, Chiefs defense, I think, is going to be able to handle that offense. They are a streamer, by the way, in fantasy this week, if you guys are looking for a good fantasy defense. Uh, <clears throat> Chiefs all day for me, and uh, Alex is also going with the Chiefs here to uh, dominate the Jets. And last but not least, Monday Night Football, the Seahawks and the Giants. You know, uh, this one, I, I, I'm going with the Seahawks here. And, and you know, I, I just want to say, I, I think the Giants are, are not that same team that we saw last season where it was that big Cinderella year and everybody was, was very excited about the Seahawks. Uh, you know... There, there's something here telling me that, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, that, that, Cinderella, that Cinderella year for the Giants, they're not the same Giants team. They're taking on the Seahawks this week. The Seahawks are, they're, they're too deep at the receiver position. I think that Geno Smith is starting to kind of find his groove like he did last year. Uh, they, they paid uh, Geno Smith all that money. He better figure it out. But And also, Kenneth Walker has got his legs under him. Kenny Walker looked so damn good last week. I'm going with the Seahawks. Alex going with the Seahawks. Uh, it's it's going to be Seahawks all day. So, um, yeah, those are our, your predictions for this upcoming week, week four. Folks, I know there's a weird episode, a uh, lot going on, but we are going to be um, back large and in charge, every single one of us, for week five. Um, before I get out of here, I just want to give you guys uh, uh, – a few words from our uh, sponsors. First and foremost, first and foremost, it's easy for me to say. First and foremost, it's your time massage. Uh, IYTMassage.com. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She does awesome work over there. Uh, check her out if you need a massage. One of the she is the absolute best uh, massage therapist in the Metro Detroit area, bar none. Uh, it's your time massage. IYTMassage.com. You can also find her on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage LLC. And remember, folks. It's your time. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Face Kicked Apparel, Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife, Lisa. They do outstanding work. Custom hoodies, hats, pants, you name it, you pick it, they stick it over at facekickedapparel.com. Uh, outstanding quality stuff. Uh, Alex got some shirts made. I'm going to be getting some shirts made soon. I've already been in contact with Sean. They're so easy to deal with. Uh, it is just an outstanding business model and an outstanding business owner uh, in Sean Stockwire. So check it out, facekickedapparel.com, get your, and get your face kicked with savings, as uh, we, we uh, often say on this show. Also, <clears throat> Patch Miracle Photography, man. Patch Miracle Photography, dude, I got to tell you, they are the absolute best when it comes to your photography needs. Uh, you need wedding photos. You need baby pictures. You need maternity photos. You need uh, engagement photos. You need graduation pictures. Uh, you need want to do a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life. You, you're going to go to Patch Miracle Photography. Okay, Patch Miracle is one of the premier uh, photo studios, and uh, and Andrew is one of the ab and his wife Chantel, for that matter. They are the most excellent photographers. They take care of you. They make your your special wedding day even more special. Some of the nicest folks. They were amazing on um, on the wedding day for my wife and I. Uh, I can't recommend them enough. PatchMiraclePhotography.com. You can also find them on Facebook at Patch Miracle Photography. And uh, you know, go ahead and get yourself book yourself uh, a photo session. You will not regret it. There and all of their pictures are so high quality. By the way, the, it's high quality and it's great editing. It's the, some of the most professional stuff you'll ever see. 
It is outstanding. Check it out, patchmiraclephotography.com. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to uh, a, a special author, Miss uh, Tammy Pruitt, uh, with her book, I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash. Um, a very inspirational book. Uh, Tammy is, is uh, you almost feel like you know her by the end of this book. Uh, it's an inspirational guide written by Tammy Pruitt based on her real-life experiences dealing with body image and eating issues. She shapes her book with her struggles and how to overcome them. And it's supported with research-based facts and accompanied by her professional advice as a registered dietitian. She lets others know that they're not alone and struggling with self-love and body image and disordered eating. Uh, and, and she is just an excellent writer. Uh, you, you get a glimpse into her struggles. And, and like I said, by the end of this book, you feel like you've known this person for years. Tammy Pruitt is an excellent writer, and uh, she's just an excellent human being. So check this book out. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it at Barnes & Noble. Uh, you know, and, and uh, really, it's, it's just a tremendous book. Uh, and on Amazon, I'm looking at it. You you can get yourself paperback. You can get yourself a hardcover. You can even get it on uh, digitally on the Kindle. So check it out. I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash by Tammy Pruitt uh, right on Amazon there. And, and uh, hey, you know what? Uh, you can, you can uh, learn yourself a thing or two about you, you know, through her. I mean, that's, that's, the way, that's what it's all about. So check it out. I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash. Also. We've got uh, Steel Twins Gaming, Alex and Andrew doing some good stuff. I believe it's Super Mario uh, Superstars over there, so they're they're working on that. Uh, pretty soon, though, there's going to be some more Ace Attorney stuff going on, which is the most fun, uh, especially for the voice acting stuff. i got to tell you, I'm excited about it. I watch it all the time. I jump in there, and I make a lot of offhanded comments. A lot of people uh, you know, loving that series. I'm one of them, so check it out. <clears throat> Uh, Steel Twins Gaming, Alex and Andrew, they're they're just excellent. They're doing awesome stuff over there. Also, check out No Shot Bot, uh, No Shot Bot TV. Uh, our buddy Will doing some really cool stuff. He he is just having a great time over there. The rebrand from the former Big Willie Dubs Gaming. No sir, No Shot Bot TV. <clears throat> you can check out his uh, TikToks. His TikToks are some of the most fun. Uh, TikToks. That's my favorite part of it. You get to see these little clips of him doing some of the coolest shit on uh, a lot of the Call of Duty stuff. Uh, and his channel is is so fun. His Twitch streams are great. Check it out. No Shot Bot TV and uh, the former the former Big Willie Dubs. And uh, you know, see what Will's got going on over there. It's a great time. And with that, folks, that is our show. Uh, you know. I know up the upcoming weeks, uh, we're, we're going to be back to full strength. I hope everybody's excited for that. It's a little tough doing a one-man show. I've had to do them every now and then. It happens. Not a big deal. But uh, we're going to get everybody on board this uh, upcoming week, and we're going to be right back to where we were. So get ready for uh, week four, and uh, we'll see you next week for our week five preview. And with that, I'm the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz.